Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, I hope you're doing fabulously today. This is our third episode. And we are going to be talking about a very fun subject, food. So a couple housekeeping things first. And I want to tell you guys the story just a little bit because I think it really ties closely into food and eating disorders. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This episode is going to be more off the cuff. The first episode that I did, which is my story, that was very off the cuff, and I think that you can tell when you listen to it that I didn't have a script. I kind of had a rough outline because I wanted to be organic. But then for the second episode, I wrote out a script, and I tried to get all my thoughts in. There was some improv in the episode, but I think I sounded more professional. And now, today, I have half of a script written, and the art of the other part of it, like right now, I'm just going to kind of have to go with the flow and be honest. And you guys will have to tell me as I keep on going, you know, what you like. Do you like more off-the-cuff Jacqueline? Do you like more scripted, professional Jacqueline? I don't know. I mean, that's the point of a podcast and experimenting. But the story of why this is so off-the-cuff is because I totally did not want to record the podcast today. And it is Thursday and the podcast is supposed to come out tomorrow. So I will be editing this tonight as soon as I record. And, you know, it's funny. I, my brain this whole week has been telling me so many excuses as to why I can put off the podcast or why I don't have time for the podcast. Even though I made the commitment to make this podcast and I made the commitment to put one episode out every Friday because I felt as though this podcast is very important for people that are struggling with eating disorders and bulimia and binge eating. That being said, this week, arguably, you could look at it and say, she's had a busy week. There's a lot going on in my life and this week seemed to be a very busy week and if there was a week that I didn't have time to do this, this would be the week. But I do have time, and you will make time for the things that you need to do. And I'm telling you all of this not to seem unprofessional, but to let you know that your brain does this with food, and it does this with binging and purging. Your brain, just like mine with recording this podcast, it'll tell you a whole bunch of excuses as to why you should have that food, or you could even say for drinking or whatever type of habit you have that you no longer want, your brain's going to be like, oh, I mean, you've had a hard day. You're very busy. You know, it would make you feel good. It's just this one time, and then tomorrow you'll be fine. Just because your brain is making up really convincing excuses for you that you should be doing something that deep down you know really isn't serving you, you don't have to act on it and you don't have to listen to it. In the end, I'm here, I'm recording this podcast, and now that I've sat down and I'm actually speaking to you guys right now, all of my resistance to doing so has gone away. This feels incredibly easy now, whereas before my brain was making it out to be this big, huge thing that is going to be so hard and I won't be able to do it and I'll get nervous and, you know, won't even be that good and no one will even notice that your podcast didn't come out because you're in the very beginning of your podcast. It's only episode three. No one's going to care if it's a day late. But no, there are people out there listening. They've gotten used to me putting it out every Friday and so I should put it a podcast out every Friday. And the same goes with you. 
you've made a commitment to yourself not to binge and purge. You made a commitment to, you know, not abuse food. You have to hold up to those commitments. If you don't, it's okay. People make mistakes. I still make mistakes all the time. We're human. Unless you become not human, um, some sort of cyborg robot thing, you're going to continue to make mistakes every time. But to the best of your ability, honor your commitment. And you don't have to listen to your brain every time. So I hope that's helpful for you guys if you're in a mindset right now where your brain is trying to give you all the excuses in the world to eat that second cupcake that you just really don't need. Um, but today, we're going to be going over how to normalize your relationship with food. This is a very important step in recovery from bulimia or binge eating or, you know, just overeating in general. And it's also extremely key to weight loss. If anyone wants to lose weight, I highly, highly recommend that you normalize your relationship with food before you do anything. And a lot of people, when I teach them how to normalize their relationship with food, they get pretty scared at first because they think that this means they're never going to lose weight if they don't have all these rules applied to food, you know, and they don't completely restrict their diets all the time to lose weight. Um, but if you have such a rigid and unhealthy view of food, and if you feel scared of food, then you're never really going to lose weight sustainably. You may, there's definitely a percentage that you may lose the weight permanently, but I'm going to offer you an easier, more guaranteed long-term solution that's sustainable. And it's through, first and foremost, having a healthy outlook on what food is, what it does for you, and how to incorporate it in your life without a bunch of drama. As those of us that all know, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're struggling probably with binge eating or bulimia, or you're maybe struggling with just general weight loss. And if you're struggling with gaining weight, then you're probably overeating. That's usually the main cause of why someone is gaining weight. And that doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it good. It's just what it is. But if you're struggling with this, you probably have some sort of skewed view of food. Again, not always. I mean, some people just eat too much and then they gain some weight and they're like, oh, I didn't know that I was eating too much. I guess I should eat a little less and then they lose weight. But for those of us that have struggled with eating disorders, that is not the case. And I know, especially for me, when I was going through bulimia and rigid weight loss and then gaining my weight back and then binge perch spirals, all of that, these were some of the main thoughts that circulated in my head about food. I would think, number one, food always had the potential to make me fat. I would I would never look at food for what it is, and I'll get into that a bit, but I would just look at it and think, how much can I have of this before I'll gain weight? You know, I didn't even think that's, that's a hot dog or that's ice cream or that's a broccoli. You know, I just thought, how much can I have? What quantity can I have of this food before it makes me fat? You know, and how much do I need to eat of it to lose weight? And then this in turn, I was always scared of food. Food scared me. I was really worried, especially the foods that um, were in my house. There was a point when I was losing weight and I was about to head into my uh, bulimia stage of my eating disorder where I didn't have any food in the house and I would just only go out and get food when I needed it, which is, you know, so impractical for so many reasons. But, you know, I was literally petrified by the idea that I might overeat in my apartment. So that, that was how scared I was of food, and the real thing was that I was scared of myself because obviously the food didn't force its way down my throat, you know, 
I ate it. So I was scared of myself, but, you know, I was scared to be around food. The third rule was certain foods are bad, like ice cream and pizza, and other foods are good, like beans and cucumbers. That was a big rule of mine. Um, And when I thought about these foods as bad, they were kind of like taboo foods. It was really weird. And yeah. Um, And then four, I thought of food as entertainment. Food is my escape. Food was used, is to be used as a decompression mechanism. And, you know, I didn't think this consciously, I don't think, but that's what I was doing. I was using food as entertainment. So this might be more of a subconscious belief, but when you look back, you really thought, oh, you know, food solves my boredom. So as you see, all these issues I had around food really led me to have a strange relationship. Instead of viewing food for what it is, which is fuel for your body, I viewed it in this strange hierarchy and this weird good and evil and thought of it as this enticing taboo activity. Food, while it's not as addictive as cocaine or heroin, of course, it still had for me such a addictive quality. To tell you guys how much I was obsessed with food and how messed up my relationship was food, I used to dream about food because it was just constantly taking up my brain space. I was I was obsessed with, with foods that I couldn't have. Like, I remember having dreams about apple crumble pie with ice cream. That was like a reoccurring dream for me. And, you know, when I think about it now, apple pie, while I enjoy it, I love sweets. That's buttery, fatty sweets are definitely my favorite dessert combo. I like the combination of salty sweets. But... I, um, it's not like my top indulgent food that I would think of now, but I, I do remember in college and even after college, I would have dreams about eating apple crumble pie and ice cream, or maybe it was a cake. It was some sort of food item. And I remember the first time I had one of those dreams, I never, ever, ever dreamed about food in my life before because it just seemed so, you know, something you wouldn't think about. But I had obsessed over food and dieting. It's really only thing, you know, I was thinking about it all the time. Other people maybe think about their careers, their relationships, their, the whatever they want to do in their life, their kids. But I was thinking about food. I was thinking about food and my weight. And that was the constant distraction that was going on in my life. And I was obsessed with it because I thought food and my weight would solve all my problems when really it was just proving to be a distraction to really a dissatisfied life. But that just gives you an idea of what was going on for me. And then obviously when you're obsessed with this thing, it also led to a lack of control around food um, because I made it have such power. Food doesn't have the ability to force me to eat it. No one's forcing me to eat food. No one was forcing me to binge and purge. And in reality, I had control the whole time, but I made food to be such a powerful thing, as if ice cream could make me gain weight when it couldn't, that I then kind of subconsciously gave up control. And instead, if, you know, now if there's some pizza or if there is some sort of dessert type food in my house, I can have just one piece and it's not a big deal you know, and I can stop versus before it was, if it's in my house, there's no going back and then stop. It was all or nothing. You know, I really had this concept that 
I needed to feel full and full meant overstuffed and that was the only thing I could achieve with food and if I didn't feel full and stuffed then I was dissatisfied and really you do not need to feel full to be satiated and get your nutritional needs. Your stomach shouldn't be stretched out to where you need to unbutton your pants or where you need to put on your stretchy pants, whatever. You should eat to a capacity where you feel satisfied and like you can go for, you know, four or five hours without eating again because you don't need to be completely stuffed and exhausted. And that is a topic for another time, you know, how to deal with your hunger scale. But this also normalizing your relationship with food will be the first step in understanding your hunger scale. As you can see, what I've just explained, and I'm sorry if I went a little bit all over the place there, but I had so many weird things built up with food when really food was none of that. This is what food is, and this is how you should be viewing food, in my opinion. First and foremost, food is just fuel. Food is not for entertainment. It doesn't make you happy or sad. It doesn't make you eat it. It doesn't even make you gain weight. Food is just simply nutrients that you put into your body for fuel. And that is all you should think of food. It's not anything else. Food is completely just fuel for your body. Number two, food is neutral. That is super important. And this one was very hard for me to grasp, especially with an interest in health and nutrition. I've always liked working out and, you know, it's always fascinated me that certain foods have different nutritional values and I think that's very cool and very fun and it's interesting for me to, you know, go on Chronometer, which is an amazing calorie counting app, but also it shows you quite a lot of micronutrients um, and different things that you're getting out of each food, which is fun, but that doesn't make a food bad or good. Food just is. Food just exists. Ice cream and carrots are both neutral. <laughs> Neither ice cream nor carrots are bad or good. You could definitely argue that a carrot has more nutritional value and better health consequences than ice cream, of course. Carrots, if you put them side by side with ice cream, carrots are going to win when it comes to the vitamins that you get out of it, you know, the satiation you probably get out of it. Although, you know, ice cream is a lot of fat, so you could be satiated by the ice cream longer term versus the carrot's fiber is just going to give you more of a feeling of fullness initially. But just because the carrots are more nutritionally dense does not make it good, does, make, does not make it holier than thou. The ice cream is still just there, and the ice cream just is less nutritionally dense. This does not make it bad. It simply exists as an option alongside many other options for you to eat or not eat Depending on what your goals are, your eating philosophies, how your body even responds to ice cream. Ice cream is not evil, and it doesn't make you eat it, and it doesn't force its way down your throat, and it doesn't make you fat. Ice cream only makes you fat, or carrots can make you fat if you're overeating them. You get, you'll gain weight if you're overeating food, if you're taking in more energy than what your body needs for the day. Then you're going to gain weight. That's just the way it is. Number three. Food doesn't solve any of your problems other than hunger. This rule is easier to understand intellectually. Of course, food doesn't solve anything but my hunger. That makes sense. But deep down, you still use food as a way to solve your problems. I remember in middle school one time I came home after a hard day and I went 
it, I don't know, something like maybe my boyfriend in middle school broke up with me or something. I remember telling my brother and my mom who were sitting in the living room, uh, I'm going to make some ice cream. I had a bad day. And I didn't really want the ice cream. I just had seen it on comedy shows on TV where, you know, people who had a bad day eat some ice cream. That was my first experience with kind of, oh, people solve their problems with eating some food to make themselves happy again. And it was very strange. And my brother laughed and said, Jacqueline, that's not how you solve your problems. And I just, as a kid, you know, I wanted to appear grown up. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to have it. This is what adults do. Little did I know that was planting the seed for having an abusive relationship with food as an adult. But if I am bored or restless or anxious, I definitely want to eat. If there's a big project I have, I use food to procrastinate. All of those things. Food is like a band-aid for these issues. Food is a distraction, really, that it does solve your immediate problems of you're feeling this emotion of anxiousness, maybe, and you put the band-aid over anxiousness with food, and you fill your body with food, and it's comforting, it feels better um, with the food in your body, and it provides a mindless, numbing distraction for you. But really, you're going to feel anxious again because you haven't solved the real problem. Whether it's you're just going to feel anxious and you have to understand how to deal with feeling anxious and having a panic attack without dealing with food and you just have to sit with it instead of grabbing for some sort of relief, whether it's food, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, you need to be with yourself in that emotion. And you also probably want to maybe address what's causing you to feel anxious. Is it because you're not getting stuff done and because you're buffering with food even more? Could that be the issue? Then you should probably solve that issue. The real problem that you're band-aiding with food always comes back. And therefore, you'll face those feelings over and over again until you solve them. Or you just continue to use food and gain weight or stay at the weight that you don't want to be at anymore and continue your binging and purging. Food doesn't solve anything but hunger. Again, all of these concepts now, all of these concepts that I've explained to you now make sense intellectually. Of course you know that food doesn't actually solve your problems. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you really thought that. But clearly you're looking for a solution to these things. Like, I know I shouldn't use food this, and I know I shouldn't be scared of food, but how do I normalize my relationship with it? What you need to do is you need to start practicing eating without restrictions. And when I say this to people who are you know, bulimic or have a binge eating disorder and they want to lose weight, that is really scary to them because they they don't want to gain weight. The idea of gaining weight to them is horrifying. And if they eat without restrictions, they're really scared that they're just going to go off the wall and eat all the food possible to mankind and gain tons of weight. And then they're going to be way more overweight than they already are. So, but when you take off restrictive diets, it doesn't mean that you just do a free-for-all. It just means that you're taking off all the rules of, I'm trying to lose weight right now. Try to eat in a way that you want to maintain your weight. Another thing you need to do is you need to give up the desire to overeat. And this is a big one for me, taking uh, an overeaters course through the Life Coach School. And I learned the concept that I always asked myself, you know, or I always felt like such a victim when it came to food. It's like, I just want to eat whatever I can eat I just want to be able to eat as much as I possibly can and not gain weight. And I had such a victim mentality around it. And then Brooke Castillo turned me question around and said, you know, do you want to overeat? 
What if you gave up your desire to overeat? Because when you think about it, I was arguing with reality. The people that are normal weight, normal size, they tend to not overeat. And it isn't because they can just eat whatever they want. They can eat whatever they want, but they really don't desire to eat all the food in the world. That's something that I have. And I totally do still have moments where I want to overeat. Like yesterday, we had some pizza. And um, it was definitely an indulgent meal. And I, I planned for the pizza and I had it. I planned to have two pieces. I had three. And I felt a little uncomfortable because I overate some. And it's funny because, you know, I used to find overeating so pleasurable. And now when I do it, like I did last night, I had the pizza and I was like, you know, wow, this doesn't actually feel as good as what I remember. And it's because I was much more conscious and I didn't necessarily think overeating is going to solve my problems. So it was just a little bit uncomfortable. You really need to stop desiring to eat all the food in the world and understand why do you want to overeat? Because overeating isn't serving you. And if you're overeating, you're going to gain weight. What do you really want? Do you want to remain with the habit and constant turmoil cycle of binging and purging? And do you want to maybe remain overweight? If you do, then you don't have to change anything. But if you really want to live a life where food doesn't control you, you control food, and you're not constantly falling in the cycle of binging and purging and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight, then something does have to change. And that is unfortunately just the way life works. You know, that's part of it, part of the journey. But if you start practicing the desire to eat until you're satisfied, not until you're full, and not wanting to overeat because you know that it's not going to solve your problems, then this is really the first step in normalizing your relationship with food. Because once you see that overeating isn't serving you and you truly stop wanting to overeat, then a lot of things fall into place. Another way you can normalize your relationship with food is when you're practicing eating without restrictions, eat a balance of healthy foods, but also include some fun foods in the mix. A lot of us that are restrictive dieters, we tend to try to only eat healthy foods and then we eventually break and binge on those taboo foods that we've been craving for so long. But plan for a quote cheat meal. You know, I hate the word cheat meal, but whatever. Plan for a food that isn't what you would consider healthy, but you definitely desire that food and you want to eat it. Plan for something like that. And as you eat it, write down what's going on. Now, this is going to be hard because, you know, when you're eating food that you love, you just want to kind of shovel it in and watch whatever show you're watching and decompress. And writing things down while you're eating isn't decompressing. Write down how you're feeling, how the food tastes after each bite. And think about what is this doing for me? How do I feel now versus what I feel like before I start started eating? And is that emotion still there? Is it not? It will really give you insight into what that food is doing. And then also you say during each bite, do I want to keep on going? Am I satisfied now? Or do I want to eat the whole thing? And why? Do I even need the whole thing? Am I still hungry? Self-awareness around foods. And this is also practicing self-control and not and having power over those foods, taking the control back from the foods that you once thought controlled you. 
And this goes for healthy foods too. You really need to practice eating an amount that leaves you satisfied and not overly stuffed. And the last way you normalize your relationship with food is that you need to stop trying to solve your emotional issues with food. And we already talked about why that doesn't work. You'll still want to do it. It's a it's a habit in your brain that I feel bored. Oh, I'll go get some food. I'll get some Cheetos from the gas station. Instead, like I talked about in last week's episode, or maybe it's the first one, I'm not sure, but you need to sit with that urge to do that. And you need to sit with your feelings and understand what they feel like. Understand that you're not going to die if you don't go get the Cheetos and you're really just bored or you're really just restless. And then try to understand why you're thinking those things, what's going on, and try to figure out, is there a way I can solve this? Is there not? Am I just overly anxious and this is something I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life? And how am I going to deal with it in a way that's better than food or, you know, binging and purging? Like, what am I going to do instead? So that is the end of the episode, guys. I hope that it was informative and helpful. I know it was a little bit off the cuff and I kind of went all around the place, but you know, it's all from my head. I'm trying to, there's so many concepts that I want to teach you in this podcast and it's hard not to just try to say everything. Comment or send me an email. Um, You can, you can find me via my Instagram, bingebreakers is my handle on there and you can send me a DM on what you'd like to see in the podcast and what issue you're struggling with the most. Or you can email me or you can go to my website. So I hope you like it. I'm going to go furiously edit this podcast. And to prevent future slip-ups like this, uh, I am going to be batching my podcast. So this weekend, I'm hoping to record three podcasts, which will be very fun. And then I don't have to worry about doing them last minute ever again. And that's what professionals do. And I'm a professional, so I should adhere to that standard. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Uh, I like recording these for the weekends you guys have some weekend motivation if you you know you're taking a walk with your dog you can listen to these or something um if you want to take these steps further you can download my free course in the description below and that's the drop the self-judgment course and it's a really excellent free worksheet it'll help you take the drama out of you know the judgment you feel for yourself and really understand and identify with a new you that you want and helps you with self-love which is obviously the first very important step from recovering from any eating disorder. And then also if you want to work with me, I coach people on binging and purging and overeating and weight loss. And I help all those people that were in the situation that I was in a long time ago. Um, So if you want to do coaching, you can find all of that in the description below and on bingebreakers.com. Anyway, that is all, guys. I hope you do something nice for yourself this weekend. I hope you get outside, get active, and have a great time and are still surviving this whole COVID thing. I think some states are reopening up. Uh, Colorado is definitely reopening slightly. It's just a crazy world out there. So remember to always love yourself, and I will see you next Friday. Bye, guys. Bye.